Hi, this is the Robberator, and you can support my mad grab for power and the Sword and Laser podcast by going to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. Well, very close to like you, because you're all individuals. We know that mm. no one's exactly like you. So, mostly like you, but slightly alien in nature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Slightly spooky in nature. Not better, not worse. Just, just a different. little off. Just a yeah. little off. Oh, <laughs> skew. Skew. Um, speaking of askew, um, I'm a little askew because I have been drinking a rather large IPA uh, for the evening. Mm. All my stuff went away. All the uh, uh, I have to find it again. The Google spreadsheet got messed up when we were editing, and I lost that part too when I was Control Zing. This is how the sausage is made. You make sausage in a Google spreadsheet. First, grind some meat or meat substitute. <laughs> I Perhaps found an it. impossible burger. I okay. found it. Thank you for thank you for stalling. Um, it is the Ballast Point Sculpin. It's an IPA. Um, mm-hmm. and I got it from a uh, an app delivery service um called Saucy what? that we have here in San Francisco. Hmm. And it was actually because uh it, once you make your first order, you're able to send three orders to this. I do not work there. This is not an endorsement. This is just a thing <laughs> that happened to me. And so my friend ordered something off there and then she was able to send a free gift, like a small ah, gift to someone else. And so gotcha. I got that beer and then I was able to send like a beer to like other friends. Wow. Yeah, it was They'll pretty run cool. through their Series A funding fast with that maneuver. I know. Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's a but that is actually the uh, the way that Gmail um, that viral effect is how Gmail spread in the sure, early days. Sure, you, you, The difference is uh, giving someone a Gmail invite, free. <laughs> giving someone a beer, not free. Not free. And also delivery and paying a human being yeah, to bring them yeah, there. Very yeah. not free. Mm. Uh, but All it's pretty good. What, what about you? I am having a St. George's Terroir Gin and Tonic. Uh, Q Spectacular Tonic, to be specific. I, I got a, a gift of a BevMo Bethmo is a uh, liquor store. Chain. It's it's more than mm-hmm. a liquor store. It's like a Costco of liquor. It's like a, uh, a liquor wonderland. Yeah, uh, and I got a, a gift card for uh, as a holiday gift. So that's what I used it for. I bought some St. George's Terroir Gin. This is a California gin, and the Terroir specifically uh, emphasizes pine. You you'll often get pine mm-hmm. in gins, but mm-hmm. uh, they have a nice nice piney flavor. It's not it doesn't overdo it, um, and it is delicious. Yeah, St. George is a uh, Bay Area local uh, brewery. Or the, the distillery. Distillery. The distillery is the here. The Saint is not local. The Saint's the from Saint is Yeah, and um, they actually make a very good absinthe as well. Oh, you know what they say. Absinthe makes the heart grow fonder. That's exactly right. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into the quick burns. So Dara said SFWA, the Science Fiction Writers Association, has announced its newest Damon Knight Grandmaster, and it is none other than William Gibson. Very, very deserving. Congratulations, Mr. Gibson, or shall I say Grandmaster Gibson. Ooh, and guess who is running for president of the SFWA this oh, year? Right. Yeah. Mary Robinette Kowal. 
congratulations. Well, I guess she hasn't won congratulations yet. Congratulations are running. She hasn't won yes. yet, so we can't really congratulate her on that. But uh, I'll I'll throw my. I don't know who else is running. I shouldn't say that, but I know seems great to me. I love Mary Robinette Cole. Yeah, she is. She's awesome. Um, and I believe in order to vote in the SFWA, you have to write th- have have to have written three works of published science fiction. Gotcha. So, Tom, I think you're actually probably eligible unless there is like a mm, more I don't know serious about s- length. Yeah, limit. I've only had one published by by not self published. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure that I qualify there yet. Uh, but William Gibson's award will be presented at the 54th annual Nebula Conference, uh, which is back in your area, uh, Ms. Belmont, Woodland Hills, California, May 16th through the 19th, 2019. Ah, fantastic. Um, and speaking of awards, uh, wait, wait, Dara, Woodland Hills? I don't know where that is. Yeah, I was going to say. At first, I thought it meant, oh, no, it's my neighborhood. It's Woodland Hills. It's right here. Wow. It's like right down the road. Tom I was assuming when I excite. saw California, it was coming back to San Jose, and I, I jumped to conclusions, and now I'm all wet. I guess I'm going to have to. Now you're all what? You know, when you jump to conclusions, a lot of times you fall in the water. It's oh, uh, That's not how I heard that, but okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Dara Dara says that the Hugo <laughs> nominations are now open. Please don't submit this episode for consideration. No, just kidding. Um, yeah, uh, the Hugo Awards and, of course, um, Dublin Con 2019 are going to be taking place in Dublin, Ireland in Doesn't August. does Dublin Con sound like some ancient, uh, you know, Qing Dynasty villain? <laughs> From <laughs> sweeping down from the north. A little bit, yes. Dublin Con. It's uh, World Con 2019 will be held in Dublin this year. Um, we are very excited. We've we've put in our names to be on panels, so hopefully we'll get accepted to be on some panels, even if we're not Hugo nominated. I mean, it'd be um, nice to be nominated. It was an honor to be nominated. We'd love mm-hmm. to be nominated again. So if you're into nominating things, if you're like, you know what I like to do in my spare time, nominate stuff, think nominate about nominating stuff. us. We'll remind you in every episode of Sword and Laser for the next six months or so. Here's our promise to you. If you keep reminding us in the QuickBurns thread of Goodreads, we'll keep reminding you. (laughs) We're trying to be better about this stuff. We're not good at the self-promotional stuff. If you just every every two weeks just be like, hey, Hugo nominations still open. Yep. Perfect. Uh, Speaking of Dara, uh, this is we're just going to start calling this Dara Burns. Dara Burns. Yeah, she she really knocked herself out this week. Good good job, Dara. She shouldn't do that. She should be gentle with herself. <laughs> yeah, wake up. Someone get her some water. We don't need we don't I don't need concussions in here. They're very serious. So Dara wrote medieval book historian Eric Quackle writes about Siamese twin books on his blog, including one that opens six different ways. They're almost like Frankenstein's monsters of books, but they serve a cool function. Here's the quote. They are like Siamese twins in that they present two different entities joined at their backs. Each part has one board for itself, while a third is shared between the two. Their contents show why this was done. So you'll often find two complementary devotional works in them, such as a prayer book and a Psalter or the Bible's Old and New Testament. Reading the one text, you can flip the book to consult the other. He also notes that in the 20th century, this type of binding enjoyed a revival with the double ace books back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, which featured two shorter science fiction stories. Uh, and the Post has some pretty cool images of those books as well. I actually own some of those double ace books. I, I, I enjoyed really? reading those. Yeah. 
So how do you how do you read them? How do you go about it? I mean, you I mean, just I kind of like get normal, the idea from this. Okay, yeah, normal paperback, and then when you get halfway through that that novel, it's more like a novella ends. Mm-hmm. Then you just flip it over and start reading the other one from the front. Yeah, it looks like an accordion almost. It, the it's the older ones, to, the medieval the ones, ones, are very accordion like. The 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 um the ones from the the forties, the double ace books, they're just regular paperbacks. There's nothing fancy about those. Oh well, that kind of makes it less fun. I know. But I would imagine it would be more difficult and more pricey to print them out in that unusual way. Maybe when you're hand binding hand binding them, it's not as difficult to do. Well, yeah, when, like a, when having monks the machines did doing it, it. Yeah. they just they just did it up. Well, right, I mean, but, in the grand scheme of things, it was more difficult to do. Yeah, sure, but in the sure. sense of having to build all new machinery to be able to do a double binding. Put it this way, Ace Books were trying to save money by printing cheap stuff, cheap paperbacks on cheap paper, and Double Ace Books were just trying to pack two books into one <laughs> so they could charge 50 cents instead of 25, uh, whereas the 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 medieval era ones were like works of art. That were, right, right. Yeah. Those were the days. Oh, I miss the medieval times. Oh, yeah, me too. Restaurant. Me too. Especially all the disease, all the infections. Yeah, uh, and, the plague, mm, uh, the short mm. life expectancy, the lack of food, all the flies. Wonderful. Yeah. Oh, good times. The lack of general hygiene. Mm. Connell says, uh, Dennis E. Taylor announces Babaverse sequel to be duology. Quote, this means that I'm now back to writing the next Babaverse books, working title, The Search for Bender. I say books because it looks like it's going to be a duology. And spoiler alert, the end of book one will be a cliffhanger. Now he goes on to make a joke about what the cliffhanger would be, which I don't think you get if you haven't read the Babaverse books. Although I don't think it's actually a spoiler. So are we gonna are we gonna say it? The, you, you 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 can say it if you want to. I I'm I'm hesitant. All right, I have to scroll here and see which one it is. Going to be a spoiler, okay? And spoiler alert: the end of the book will be a cliffhanger and a doozy. I'm reading ahead to make sure it's not too bad. I don't. <laughs> you see what I mean? <laughs> All right, I'm not going to read it. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, you'll just uh, have to read all the Bob and first novels. You can go to DennisCTaylor.org if you want to see uh, what he says. But but apparently it's gonna it's it, he's getting George R. R. Martin right. He thought he was gonna write one more Bob verse book and decided to make it two. Just wait, eventually it's gonna be three. I feel like I remember him saying he wasn't gonna write more Bob verse books, and then he was gonna try to write in a different universe. Well, I, Do I, I don't remember think this that con- right. Contradicts this because what he's saying in this full post is that he's finished uh, writing Outland. And that's what he had said before is he's not going to go right back to Babaverse. He wants to write in a different universe. And he has. Uh, this post begins yesterday. My editor accepted my latest version of Outland with no more modifications. Uh, and because Outland is now out the door, he's ready to go back to the Babaverse. Okay. All right. So I, I guess that's true on both sides. I don't fronts. think he ever said, I will never return to the Babaverse. Yeah, yeah. It has ended. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Mark says, we need more lists like this. Granted, it's a short list. But two of the five books are sword and laser picks, and there's beer, and it's over at bookriot.com, which has a list of wintry books that you might want to read and pairs them with winter ales or beers. Mm. So Spinning Silver by Naomi Novik uh, is paired with a 1554 from New Belgium, a dark ale. Uh, Let's see. A Kindness of Ghosts by Rivers Solomon is paired with Oscar Blues' Ten Fitty Imperial Stout. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Terry Pratchett's Hog Father is uh, 
is is it? I don't see the pairing. Where's the pairing? I don't see the pairing. Hmm. I don't see the pairing. Mm. Mm, reading, reading, reading. So just drink any beer you like, honestly. I think just that, believe in the little fair. lies while you do. That's what it says. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just read any any book you like. I mean, any mm. beer you like. Both. Oh, I like this. I like this pairing of drinks with, with books. Yeah. Maybe we should do that as part of our monthly. Well, but we wouldn't know because we haven't read it yet. So. Okay. What do you mean? Like which which like year with we should our monthly drink with sword our and laser picks? We could say our pick of the month is this, and the drink with it would be you know we could give it alcoholic and a non-alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we I could try like to make it, our best guess. Yeah, and I feel like we have enough people in the in the club who have probably read most of our picks that they'd oh, be able to give us some crowd. insight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe because I don't know. Okay, so let's take the. We're not going to discuss the book, so don't worry about spoilers. But Nine Fox Gambit, like something like sake. Oh yeah, sake might be good. I was I was thinking of a fire ale, <laughs> hmm. mm-hmm. uh, some kind of red pop, because <laughs> <laughs> of the eyes. Well, and war, you know. Like, all right, all right. Yeah, You're getting yeah. like real allegorical, the, metaphorical. The, the, the vice president. Uh, oh, did I just make up a word? I didn't think I did. No, no. Yeah, all- allegorical is a word. I'm, okay. I'm just being ridiculous. You're just being Tom. You're hey, just being Tom. Th- there's more Deridara to yeah, come. To, r- to wrap up this Deridara <laughs> sandwich of a quick burns, uh, she says the nominees for the Philip K. Dick Award were announced via tour. The Philip K. Dick Award is presented annually with the support of the Philip K. Dick Trust for distinguished science fiction published in paperback original form in the United States during the previous calendar year. There are two things I like about covering this every year. One is that I'm a big fan of Philip K. Dick, so everything that sort of helps the foundation, I, you know, is is, is pretty great. Uh, the other thing is these are always somewhat overlooked books. Uh, these are these are books that you probably will not have heard of. 84K by Claire North, Alien Virus Love Disaster, Stories by Abby May Otis, Theory of Bastards by Audrey Shulman, Ambiguity Machines, and other stories by Vandana Singh, The Body Library by Jeff Noon, and time was by Ian McDonald. So Ian McDonald, probably the most recognizable name on there for more, more most people. If you're really looking to expand your horizons, this is always a good look, a uh, good list to do it with. Very cool. Also, ambiguity machines is from small beer press as is the, the uh, alien virus love disaster. <laughs> so you could get a small beer to go with it. Perfect. We're being very on theme this episode. Hey folks, don't make Dara Dara do all the work. It's bad enough that we will refuse to pronounce her name correctly consistently. But then she has to make all the Goodreads quick burns. I mean, she loves doing it. Don't get us wrong. We love getting them from her. But throw a little bit in there with her. Go to the quick mm-hmm. burns thread of Goodreads and in the Sword and Laser group and uh, help Adara out or Adara. Or Adara, whichever floats your boat. Now it is time for Bury Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. And we had a very nice book review, actually, from David Barrett, who's also an author. Uh, he did a review of Animal in Man by Joseph Asfahani, uh, who, of course, was one of our sword and laser picks uh, for our Ink Shares competition, one of our winners. Um, so I just wanted to throw a link to that uh, in the show notes. Um, I really liked the, the, the TLDR. It's not a long review, but I liked the TLDR version, which is buy if you like a good rollicking fantasy, but also like to think about deeper questions about life. Oh, I Don't could already buy. think of like a dozen people in our forums that that fits. So there you <laughs> yes. go. Don't buy if you're looking for a breezy read. There's a good deal to chew on here. All right. Not a beach read. Not a beach read. It's a thinker. This is a thinker, folks. Go check it out. <laughs> Animal and Man by Joseph Asfahani. 
we also have a thread over on Goodreads. Help me find a sci-fi slice of life story, please. Thank you for the tongue twister, Taurus. Uh, in short, I want a sci-fi space opera, even story where people do ordinary stuff and the world is not breaking down around them. They just hmm. go on with their lives so that I can relate to that as a 20 year old who is not saving the galaxy at the moment. Uh, examples so that you're like, wait, I know one, for instance, me, the long way to a small, angry planet all the way up until the culmination. We have a crew of interesting people who just go on with their work and life, which is flying through space and wormholing it with a lot of details about the world and other people's peaceful lives. It's a pity, but I didn't <gasps> like it. What? Really? I guess the culmination conflict was disappointing, but it fits what I look for very well. Had I not read it, I would run for it after reading the synopsis. Well, that's sad. I love that book. Me too. Uh, he also mentions Revenger, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, The Start of Blue Remembered Earth, and Quarter Share. So, ooh, tall order here saying, all right, I've got these <laughs> these things that I want from a book, and I've already, I've already tried these, so you can't pick any of those. Oh, geez. Yeah. So uh, John Taloni uh, says, we just passed on Martian Chronicles, but it's mostly about people just trying to live their lives, especially the last story, Dark They Were and Golden Eyed. Um, let's see what else. Phil says some Heinlein books like The Rolling Stones or short stories in the past through tomorrow would fit. Um, man. And then, you know, I thought actually, because I am reading uh saga right now on the recommendation of many of you sword and laser listeners, but it made me laugh because it reminds me of the romance novel that Alana is reading uh, during saga that kind of brings her and, and Marco together. It's, it's basically just a story about nothing. It's like two people who kind of like fall in love, but it's not dramatic. They like fall in love and then watch like they basically Netflix and chill, whatever, like the in outer uh -huh. space version of Netflix and chill is all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, except without even the, really the chill part, they just like <laughs> Netflix just and Netflix part. fart around on the couch together <laughs> and like eat snacks, which is like my perfect <laughs> evening, basically. Right. Um, so that made me laugh real hard. I was like, oh, like that's, yeah. I can't, I couldn't think of any books that I had read except maybe Long Way to a Small Angry Planet that kind of fit mm. that bill a little well, bit. Well, Hitchhiker's Guide's another one. Like, oh, okay, true, It's not really true. slice of life, but uh, yeah. Rick pointed out Learning the World, a scientific romance where it's a first contact story, but the humans are the aliens. So most of the book is set before contact and sort of sets up how aliens approach uh, their lives and how they react uh, when they detect humans coming. Oh, I like that. That yeah. sounds really interesting. That's really good. Some huh. some great suggestions in here. So yeah. thanks everybody as usual. And then um, speaking of comics, so yes, we we talked in a previous episode about how I was interested in starting to read more graphic novels, comics, things like that. And you folks out there made some amazing recommendations. And so I got on Comicsology. I started like going through and 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 picking out some of your suggestions. I got the unlimited account and everything. And then I had to learn how to use that because that was very confusing. And then, so I, I, I downloaded or borrowed and read uh, Saga Volume 1 and 2. I read uh, Wicked and Divine Volume 1. I'm uh, currently reading um, Bitch Planet and Alita. And I downloaded Lock and Key. Oh, that's a great one. So I'm excited. I've been reading a lot of things. It's been very cool. Excellent. All right. Time to get into our, it's mid-month. We, we, we very, you know, we do this every two weeks. So every once in a while, we just land right in the middle of the month. We're going to have a non-spoilery conversation about Nine Fox Gambit by Yoon Ha Lee. Uh, 
I want to I want to start, if I may, Veronica, mm-hmm. by uh, <laughs> not taking back so much, but but severely modifying something I said in the book briefing based on I hadn't read the book. And based on some things that I saw, it said there is a strict mathematical underpinning to the calendrical system and the heresy. But even if you don't understand the math, it's, you know, the way he writes it makes sense. Yes and no. <laughs> it's more confusing than I expected. I expected, and and I think actually part of it is the fact that they call it a calendrical system. So your mind constantly is going to, you know, wall calendars, or at least mine is. Uh, <laughs> and, and you have to go, no, this, the, you know, if if he had named it, you know, the, 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 the mystical science system, it probably would have bothered me less, but the calendrical system is the actual accurate mathematical name for what's going on. And I get the concept of what's going on where, you know, beliefs and systems like help affect reality and the heresy are people who believe in a different system. And if you've ever studied something like non-Euclidean geometry, you can kind of wrap your head around that sort of idea. That's probably the thing that if somebody has been a exposed to this sort of thing would be the most likely thing they've been exposed to. But man, uh, I, I have to keep just going like tech that's tech. I'm not going to try to understand that's the heretics are doing a thing that's bad and Mm -hmm. they just can. Um, I don't know about you. Oh no, this is exactly, uh, what I was hoping to hear. I was terrified that you were going to completely understand everything that was going on. (laughs) I was going to be like, I, have no idea what's happening right like, now. Like I understand what's going on, and again, we're not going to be spoilery. Stuff I understand the like, character stuff. I understand. Stuff I understand. Like, they flew to this place, and there, there, there's a siege of this, and they're sending troops right. in, like all that. But the parts where they actually try to explain why those movements are happening <sighs> get thick. The formation stuff. They the, don't get like... thick. They don't get thick mathematically, though. So that's where what I what I said and what I wrote and what I read was correct. You don't have to understand math. But it's no. still kind of hard to wrap your brain about around. It's very anyway. conceptual. It's very yeah. conceptual. It's very abstract to me. And so I have to just kind of let my brain, like you said, kind of gloss over those moments and be like, I understand that these are consistent with earlier descriptions of things that have happened. I'm still not sure what those things were. So I'm just going to keep like in my mind, I just keep thinking, maybe I'll understand this later. Maybe this yeah. will make sense later, or maybe it won't. And I'm just going to have to appreciate the prose and the character development and the other things that are happening, the action, um, because I do not understand the calendrical system. Here's the thing, too. I don't mind books like that. I, mm-hmm. I'm fine. And maybe this is why some people may have not liked A Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. I'm fine if you don't explain how the ship works. I'm fine if you don't tell me, like, you know, where did that AI come from? And is it plausible and all that? I, I have a place where I enjoy that kind of book, that kind of Isaac Asimov book where it really digs in and explains it. That's cool, too. Uh, but I also am fine if you just hand wave and go, they're on a ship. What's fun here is this other thing. And Nine Facts Gambit is like that, where it's like, what's fun here is the military strategy. What's fun here is the interactions between the characters, uh, especially Jadao mm-hmm. and, 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 and Kelsuris. But man, uh, you, you do have to like that, I think, if you don't want to get dig deep in the math. And some people don't like that. Uh, some people don't like not understanding. Not understanding. And is, is one of those people in, in the Goodreads thread 
I have no concept of any of this. <laughs> uh, she wrote, while I do enjoy this book for its characters and ideas, I have no concept of any of what is happening. <laughs> Hashtag same. <laughs> Set aside the calendars, math, and exotic effects. I don't even have an idea of how big the fortress is and how it is supposed to work. Is it more planet-like or is it like a big space shuttle like the Death Star? How many people live there? How big are the wards? How are they separated? Same goes for the ships. All sizes and distances escape me. I'm in for the story and characters, but geez, it's hard when all the settings feel like a foggy blur of stuff happening somewhere at some point. Granted, I'm a fast reader, so I often read past details and with this book, I decided not to dwell too much mm-hmm. on missing explanations. So I wonder, did I miss all these things and they're properly explained? Or are there other readers out there who have the same problem? Okay. So first of all, Anne and I are exactly the same in all of this. I agree 100% with everything, um, which I found, you know, it's, it doesn't happen that often where I like someone else's opinion. I basically could have written this paragraph, uh-huh. um, which is kind of amazing. Um it's and again, it's not to say that I'm not enjoying it because I am. And there's there's I'm like it's hard to put down sometimes. Um, something I found really fascinating about this uh, was actually from David, who said, "Not surprised you have a hard time visualizing." Yoon Ha Lee has aphantasia; he can't visualize things, and he has the whole blog post on this on his Patreon actually. Um. It's a it's a it's a disorder where you can't or not a disorder. I'm not sure what it what it would be called. It's a condition, I guess, where you can't visualize things in text in your brain. So if you describe something like he says in this paragraph, if you describe shadows and darkness in a Western context that probably implies evil or obscurity or secrets, if you describe doves flying into the sky, I'm probably going to think of peace, but I don't see it. And it's, it's, you have to really read, it's a very long post, but I I found it fascinating because a lot of people, you know, if you describe something, people later in that Goodreads thread described, like if someone says a red apple, like many people will see the apple in their mind, they'll be able to smell the apple or, or, or be able to imagine what the apple tastes like. And so he's basically saying that he does, he can't do that. Like he understands the concept of the apple, but it's not like a movie playing in his mind. And so when he's describing these scenes, like battle scenes and stuff and formations, it's all very, uh, I, it's very, it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's not seeing the ships flying around in like a, like in a battle scene out of like Star Wars or anything. It's, it's much different than that. And so maybe that's how it, why it's hard for some people yeah. who can do that to visualize what he's explaining. You know, they talked about this on an episode of We Have Concerns once. And oh, really? Yeah. Uh, and I, I can't remember whether it was Anthony or Jeff who said they really don't visualize things. Probably Anthony. <laughs> but, or maybe it was a friend. I don't, I don't remember. But mm-hmm. it made me realize, like, I don't see movies in my head. Mm-hmm. Like, when, when you say Apple... I have a representation of an apple and I can sort of think about colors, but they're, they're not like a movie. They're, they're very, very limited. And I've wondered sometimes is like, well, is that just what everybody says when they mean they see a movie in their head or, or am I like halfway, (laughs) halfway between? Cause it's not that I can't picture an apple, but it's not, it's low. It's not, it's washed out. It's low res. It's not, Mm. It's not vivid. And when he said something about 
skipping descriptive passages, man, I really descriptive passages. I I get bored. I'm like, yeah, okay, come on, give me Mm. to the action, give me to the characterization, give me. I don't really care about describing every little detail. Like, and I I wonder if that also is because while I can kind of see it, it's not it's not compelling. Hmm. I don't know if I'm extreme one way or the other. Um, I definitely, I'm the kind of person where if you, if a, if an actor is cast in a, in a film of a book I've read, I'll be like, no, he doesn't look like that. But that's not how I pictured that person at all. Mm, that's true. I can definitely picture people like yeah. actor, you know, like I have a picture of aim. It's funny. And we've talked about this in, in relation to the expanse, but uh, Amos is the one guy that I pictured differently uh, in, in the book and the TV character sort of replaced how I pictured him. Mm, Whereas mm-hmm. Holden, I picture it away in the book TV character. It hasn't touched it. When I read the book, I still <laughs> picture my Holden, not him. Wow. That's interesting. So I guess I do picture things for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's just it's, not it's strong. It's hard to tell. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people, the discussion we're having is very similar to the discussion that goes on in, in this thread from Anne. Because a lot of people were kind of like ranking like where on that spectrum they fall uh, uh-huh. and yeah. how much they picture things. Um, so it's, yeah, you at home, think about like, what do you experience when you read? Do you see like, is it high definition or is it more blurred or is it like, are you not picturing anything at all? Yeah. I'm and are you just reading the words? <laughs> well, I need to be VHS in my head. Nice. Very cool. Um, so I thought that was a good, uh, thought, thought exercise as well. Um, so yeah, I, this book is, is, I am enjoying it. I'm more than halfway through at this point. Um, and I still have a lot of questions, a lot of questions, especially about like calendrical rot. Uh And you guys, if you're having a hard time picturing how some of these like places look now, just wait till you get to the shields around the fortress. You're going to be like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. You just have to accept it. And move on. Yeah. It's kind of almost like, um, oh boy, Annihilation. Yeah. In that way. Isn't it? That's true because it's sort of unable to be understood by the human mind is what Annihilation was. That that world, right? Like the human mind just couldn't properly process it. Yeah. And that is kind of what's going on here too. Well, so like with the calendrical system, it sounds like they are in a, they're in a system of of math and science and understanding that revolves around my guess is a six day week and the heretics and the Leos or the, Mm -hmm. that, that group Mm -hmm. are based on a seven day system or they're in a 10, they're like on the metric system. They're in a different system. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where it starts to break down is, I get I, for me anyway. I get the concept, which is perception creates reality, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and and that that's a you know that's a cliche, but it really does. Like Sunday feels like Sunday because we all agree what Sunday is, right? Otherwise, it would be entirely different. Now take that to an extreme, and suddenly you can you can sort of change the properties of space and time, and that's yeah. what's going on. That's what's going in on. This book. Because how that happens. It's right. mathematically sound. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, really there's one part where they say kind of understand it. I think what it is is like I can't expect I can't go, okay, that's what I thought would happen because of calendrical rot. Like I have no idea. I don't have no understanding of how that's yeah. supposed to work. 
It is. It's got to be like winning hearts and minds too. Like there, mm-hmm. there's some aspect of having to convince the populace of the right way. Well, and that's why the Kel yeah. formation instinct, which mm-hmm. is basically just the the Kel are the faction where they just force everybody to follow orders. Like it is intrinsic to them that they must follow orders, and that's why it's very hard for them to to deal with a heretical system because. That's against their orders, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also makes them great troops because they won't succumb to that, right? Unless they're they're crazy, unless and then we verge what will skate right to the edge of spoiler territory. No, well, yeah, no, not we well. Go, we don't go into it. That's there. not who I'm talking about. But yes, yes, <laughs> that's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about something that happens even later. Um, but yeah, but there was one point where they were like, for every. 10 hours it's 8.26 mm-hmm. hours in their time yeah and so there's definitely a there's a correlation i'm like ooh, are they metric or whatever i don't know never mind yeah it's why uh yeah. we all go a little crazy when we go to europe there you go because <laughs> we're on the imperial system there you go it's imperial versus metric that <laughs> is the basis of this book you can quote me on that um should we move on to some sausage making yeah, uh, more sausage. If you hadn't had enough sausage, it's veggie sausage uh, or pork sausage, depending on what you want. Mm-hmm. We are changing the tiers on the Sword and Laser Patreon. In fact, we're actually just changing one tier. If you're at a tier right now, don't worry. This is the important part. because it will whenever not we, change for you. Yeah, if you're already a patron, the tier you're at will stay the tier you're at. That's not a problem. If you're new, though, when you sign up, the new entry-level tier is going to be $2 and will now include the monthly book briefing. That change will happen before the end of the month. Uh, So we just want to give you the heads up. If you're thinking about becoming a patron and you sign in, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see what used to be the $3 reward at a $2 tier. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think we should talk about the a little bit of the Patreon stuff because we talked about it briefly in a previous episode. Um, but we were going to be part of the Patreon merch program. Um, unfortunately, because we charge by episode and not by month, um, we're not able to be part of that program. But since we told you guys that the people in the $10 and $20 tiers were going to receive gifts they're going to send you stickers. So if you were part of the $10 or $20 level, you're going to get a sticker sent to you if your address was in there. I emailed a bunch of you whose addresses weren't in the system. Um, some of you replied, some of you didn't. So if you see an email from me or check in your trash, get back to me, send me your address. I'll, I'll make sure you get a sticker. Um, if you were currently already in the $10 or $20 level at the time when we talked about this Patreon stuff. Um, but on the other end of this is that we're going to, within the next few months, totally relaunch the Sword and Laser store with all new merch, all new stuff. And we'll have more information about that too. We'll have discount codes for for various tiers, um, a lot of cool new stuff. So we're super excited about that. So it's unfortunate that the Patreon merch stuff didn't work out, but um, we're going to have other great stuff for you too. And uh, if you want, it's a little confusing how to make sure we get your address because you can put your address in the Patreon system and it doesn't authorize us to see it, which is the way it should work. You shouldn't put your address in and everybody you back gets to see it. Maybe you don't want some of your patron uh, support to to see your (laughs) address. Right. So go to patreon.com slash pledges. You'll see a list of everybody you support. 
and a link that'll either say enter your address or uh, let them see your address. I, I can't remember the exact wording, but it'll be pretty clear like, oh, sword and laser. Yes, I want to click that. Let them see the address. So uh, we had this problem on Daily Tech News Show where a lot of people put their address in Patreon, but then didn't get the thing because they didn't let us see the address. And if we can't see the address, we can't send you anything. And I made it really easy because I literally emailed like the people whose addresses mm-hmm. I couldn't see. So you, you you can put it in the Patreon system. That'll be great for future stuff. You can also just reply to me, like, in the meantime. No, so put it in the Patreon system. Put it in the My Patreon system goodness. and don't reply to me. Don't make Veronica have to have... keep track no, no, of it no, no, separately. No, no. That's horrible. No, 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 no. Do both because I need the addresses right away and I don't know how to go look for them. It'll be faster if they just send it to me also if I've emailed them. It's not faster. I'll tell we'll you just why. do it. It'll make me confused. My brain hurts from reading <laughs> Nine Fox Gambit. <laughs> uh, but thankfully, our show is funded by you yeah. doing Patreon. Yeah. So thank you so much to all the folks who back our show. And if you want to help support us at our all new tier or two, head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links, and you can find links to the books we talk about at some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email, feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser, and you can call and leave us a voicemail at 415-7-SWORD-6. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.